Hello and welcome to another This Is The Music podcast. This week we're joined by Jack from Scottish band The Raz, who have just released their debut album, uh, when, it, when Does It Become Real? Jack, thanks very much for coming on. How are you doing? Sorry, I was just getting a slug of red wine there. It's that time of the week. Uh, um, yes, I'm doing great, mate. How's yourself? Yeah, can't complain. All um, all, all good down here. Um, good, mate, apart good. From, apart from the weather, but uh, yeah. Yeah, and COVID, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's talk some rock and roll. So, um, yes. obviously, as we mentioned there in the introduction, you've just released your brilliant debut album, When Does It Become Real? Uh, it's a great rock and roll album with some great anthems um, and some ballads as well in there. So you must be pretty pleased now that you've you finally got it out there. Yeah, finally. It's only took us 10 years. Um, but yeah, I'm really gra- glad to get, a, I guess, a sigh of relief in a way, but more sense of achievement to finally get it over the line, yeah. Yeah, sure. So um, so the, before we start discussing some of the tracks on the album, I'm, I'm sort of quite intrigued about the artwork. Um, what was the inspiration behind it and on, on where actually was, was the photograph taken? So all the the artworks that are part of the album, as in the singles off the album and stuff, they're all landmarks pretty much in the local area, area of Preston Pants where we stay. Um, the album cover is actually where we practice at the local golf club, the Royal Musselburgh, Russell, Royal Musselburgh. Golf Club. Um, it's Preston Grange House. Um, that's the actual name of the building. So yeah, it was just kind of take a photo of that, edit it in the same way as we've edited every other photo for the the kind of release. And yeah, that was it. It's we wanted to keep it all close to home and relevant. Um, so yeah, it's good. I, I love that. I love it. Yeah, it's, no, I've, I've, it's quite a striking image as well. I, I think actually, yeah. and, um, really. Um, yeah, really stands out, especially when you think of some of the other um, album covers that are out there. You know, a lot of the time it's just like whoever's in the band and and, and that type of it. Which yeah, it was really. It was it was hard for us. We're, we're trying to kind of relate it in a way that wasn't too obvious and be creative at the same time. So the first single with time is now is the the church that's next door. Uh, my mum and dad's house where I grew up where I stayed for 19 years of my life so um, and then the second single She's Not is the power station chimneys which have been demolished now but my dad actually worked there for 24 years oh wow um, yeah so at Kenzie power station yeah, it's, um, the demolition was about five six years ago um, and then the upcoming single well double A side single is Preston Tower which is the, probably the most historic landmark in Preston Pans. And then, yeah, as I mentioned, Preston Grange House. So, yeah, it's all very relevant. Oh, okay. Well, that's quite some, yeah, I've said before I was intrigued and that's um, definitely uh, got, got my uh, imagination going there with that. Yeah, no, if you're uh, very intrigued, have a look into the history of like Preston Tower, the Battle of Preston Pans, and even into like Preston Grange House where like Mary Queen of Scots and stuff, she stayed there. So it's definitely haunted, yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, I know um, my, my missus would definitely be interested in that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be passing that on to her when uh, later on this evening. So um, obviously you mentioned that it's, it's taken you, you guys um, about 10 years to get the album uh, finally out there. So what was what was the recording process like um, and, and where did you record it? I'm guessing probably quite a few different locations. For yeah, I, there was various locations. I mean, it's from the form 
of the band, um, that was ten years. So it's not actually took us ten years to. Yeah. I guess yeah. it's to from the form formation of the band till the album. It's basically been ten years, but. Um, the recording process for the actual album track started in 2017. Uh, that was the, the time is now is all the, uh, well, majority of the recording was done in that session in 2017 when we first met our producer, James Darkin. Um, that was in Glasgow. And then, well, Sweet Talker was actually prior to that. That um, was produced by Ronnie. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his second name it's uh i, I won't take any offense to it is uh, is uh, born into a polish family so yeah you can imagine the i guess it's about 10 digits long um so yeah uh, but yeah he, he, uh, before i go down a rabbit hole there is um he produced sweet talker and that was just prior to 2007 so it was early 2017 was when we released that so yeah, it was probably about the tail end of 2016 it started into 2017 it's finished. So from there, it's been kind of a couple staggered here and there, like say Land the Dreamers, um, Take It All In. They were kind of in between um, the last couple of sessions that started uh, probably end of 2018 into the end of 2019, which was one in Leeds and work Studios. Yeah. Um, and then the majority of the album was recorded over in Ireland, um, either in Dublin or when James moved studio to Dundalk, um, right. Black Mountain Studio. Um, it's amazing. It's like yeah. a happy place. So, yeah, well, it was any excuse, as soon as we saved up a bit of dough, it was like, yeah, we need to record more songs straight <laughs> over there. It, it, it was all relevant. So, yeah, um, yeah, Black Mountain Studios, um, amazing. So that was where the bulk of the album was recorded. A lot of it, like vocally and even to an extent, and like keyboards and that, that was actually done either in the band room at uh, the Royal Musselburgh or mm -hmm. in the studio downstairs in my house. It was all, yeah. So it's been, there has been a bit of to and fro, but I guess it's the story of the band, and that's why we wanted, we didn't want to leave the time is now and stuff like that. We wanted to try and include what has made us. And yeah. our, the the piece of art that is our debut album. Yeah. Um, every single track has been reworked in a way, or been edited, or additions. Like say, the time is now we've redone the, the bass, back and vocals, stuff like that. Because there has been changes in the personnel, so we just wanted to kind of bring everything up to date. So yeah, yeah basically all the previous members, so they don't get any royalties anymore. <laughs> that, is, that was it well, don't blame you I'll be doing the same thing <laughs> sorry boys if you're going to listen to this so um, <laughs> so if um, how would you describe the sound of the band to someone um, that was going to listen to you for the very first time I guess like I'd, I'd probably say it quite a lot because it, when I tell people at work um, are you in a band what type of band what type of music and it's hard to kind of just to David down the road, it's hard to kind of explain our sound. Like, if I say Queens of the Stone Age, he's probably got to go, who? So, <laughs> it's, I guess I would say, in general terms, it's rock music. A little bit of Britpop, a little bit of kind of heavier rock towards the Foo Fighters, Royal Blood. It's so, I, I think that's the good thing about our setup, is every single person in the band has got 
a variety of tastes. Yeah. Like I can go all the way to two weeks solid listening to disco music. Then the next game week listening to like yeah, Tame and Palette. And then I and to be fair, every single person in the band's the same. They all shoot in different directions. And when that all comes to the table, it is it produces what our sound is. Yeah, sure. That's a, um, I think that's a great answer, to be honest, yeah. with the uh, description. I, 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 yeah, I think that's um, pretty much... I'm always intrigued to see what, like, like see yourself, what you would say. <laughs> oh, no, I'm getting put question. on the spot. <laughs> no, 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 at all, but I'm always just intrigued because yeah. I like, to, like when people compare the time is now to the cult a lot, and I've not actually listened to the cult that much, except for their hits, um, and it probably is She Sells Sanctuary that the uh, time is now gets uh, compared to quite a lot and people say that my vocals quite like it as well but me being me I'm like nah it doesn't seem to really sound like that so it's always quite intriguing and especially bands like Doves and the music a lot of people have said that over the years like I've been in the music more recently I've got into the music but I've been into Doves for quite a long time yeah great band yeah amazing but it you would never say to somebody the doves. I don't know why. It's just I guess, I I guess you always try and say the bigger acts. So yeah, yeah. yeah we more, we yeah. sound like Oasis, mate. You should come see us. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, guess that's well, it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I can um I can come on to it in a little while. I can hear um sort of like Black Rebel Motorcycle Club as well. Yeah, yeah. Another massive influence for us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah great. Another. Uh, Brilliant band, fantastic live. Um, so obviously you've mentioned um, a couple of times there the uh, the time is now, which is um, a great opening to the album. Um, it's a sort of a, quite a rocky sound, I feel, yeah. um, and it's a bit of a call to arms as well. You know, this is this is the band where this is now we're coming. Over, you know, this is well, yeah, my time is now. I guess so effectively. Yeah. Um, exactly. So I'm um, correcting. Is this one of the oldest songs that you've had? Um, like as a band and it got reworked so um, uh, sorry so we got reworked to the version obviously that, we, that we've that we heard today on, on, yeah. on the album and stuff so what was it about this track that was like yeah that's got to be the opening the opening song for us so like try to think I guess it was like 2013 I think it was written um, it appeared on an EP that we like chucked up on I don't know if it was MySpace, but like Bandcamp and the equivalent back in like the early Facebook days, that's where it appeared. <laughs> I'd hate, like I'm going to have to dig it out. I've, I have actually mentioned that in a few different things recently, so I yeah. really need to kind of go, oh my God. But <laughs> the, like, yeah, so from 2013, it's grew arms and legs and it kind of naturally progressed with us. Right. As a band. And it was... So the, the original version never had the pure Braveheart war speech at the start, um, which was another kind of controversial moment in the studio where I thought, like I came up with the idea, I thought it was great. And then when I started doing it, I was like, ah, no, I'm not really enjoying this. I thought it was kind of forced. And then a couple of beers and I was like, right, let's do this. <laughs> so <laughs> I, it was, I, there was a moment in the studio where it was like nip and tuck. It was going to be, are we getting rid of this? Are we not? Because it was in, it was in the track. Yeah. See, to be fair, we'd done the whole recording process with it muted after I'd done it because I knew it would sicken me. So I was oh, like, okay. please just mute that and we'll come back to it. So by the time we got the master after the recording, 
I was like, oh, I remember that. Remember that. Speech. <laughs> and then it was just kind of, all the boys were loving it. They're like, nah, you need to keep that. You need to keep that. So yeah, it kind of, because it has grew with us and it's one of these songs that we've actually played last in a set. We've played first. Yeah. We've all, I think we've also played it like second a couple of times. It's just one of the, like it's a staple in a track, yeah. It's it's a it's a kidney puncher, eh? So <laughs> as it has grew with us, we have never ever wanted to let go of it. Yeah. We we actually done a version at Liquid Rooms in Edinburgh, and I think it lasted about ten minutes. We went into a big instrumental after it. I mean, like we all enjoyed it, but everybody in the crowd just must be. <laughs> These boys are thinking they're like Team Impala or someone here. What are they doing? But we really enjoyed it, so maybe yeah. that'll come come out in the wash as well. But yeah, I think the answer would be just because it has grew it's grew and been through the progression yeah. of the band. The track has literally naturally progressed, and yeah. as I say. We wanted the piece of art as our debut album to be what we have been, not just what we have become. You know what I mean? Yeah. We wanted, we wanted a couple of like nostalgic tracks for us. Yeah. In there. So yeah, the time is now was one that made the cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I must admit, I'm glad that it did make the cut because, uh, yeah. as I say, I think it's a brilliant song and um, it's a real. Um, as I say, a real statement of intent, I think, for what's um, uh, what's to follow on 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 the remaining eleven tracks. Yeah, I, I think we all kind of agreed, bef- even before we came, like properly started recording for the album, that that was going to be the opening track of the album. It was always okay. kind of, it was never a, a talked about thing, but it was just like we all, <laughs> whatever, yeah, yeah. we all just knew it was going to happen and agreed. So yeah, that was fine. Oh, brilliant! Happy days. So. Um, on a, on the fourth of June, um, you're obviously releasing um, our design, and if you never try, you'll never know. As a double A side, so was it always an ambition to release a double A side? Um, and why these two two songs in, in particular? Uh, it was never, no, never like we never ever thought that we could even get away with it. Like we didn't even think about that being part yeah. of the process. Um, it was more our uh, PR team that kind of says, listen, the album is out. We want to get as much hype and like literally I hype is the word. We want to get as much hype generated for you as a band for your album on radio, on whatever podcast reviews, every, right across the board. Yeah. If the album's out, what does it matter how many songs you put to radio yeah. as a plugin, so you'll know yourself if you never tries more of a quite a rockier track, probably more leaning towards Black Rebel. Our design is more majestic and melodic and like more stereophonics. So I think that is kind of our two, possibly one of our two strongest up there, two strongest tracks on the album. If I was to show whoever or back catalogue they would def if I was to show them four songs they too would definitely be in it yeah so that we were we take a lot of um people's opinions and especially for us just being from Preston fans we have no real knowledge of the in-depth of the music scene and the music industry as a whole so when we get the opinion of a guy who's like 
as Darren Broom at Lost Agency. Thank you very much, Darren, because he's been unbelievable. He's got some crazy plays and the guy that achieved the first Radio 1 play for us, we're not going to turn around to him and say, nah, Darren, you're wrong. <laughs> so that was kind of, that was kind of it. We're, we, we're just we're members of a band, really. That's what it comes to. You make you let other people make these decisions when they've got the knowledge and the, yeah. the experience. So that was kind of it. Um, we've actually got, now that I think it, we've got a different version of our design. It's more like a stripped back version. And when we uh, confirmed the double A side, it wasn't until after I, like, I put it into distribution process. I was like, oh no, we were going to release that as the B side to our design single. So my mate Glenn, who's doing a recording at Edinburgh Uni, um, it will get released. So yeah, he done it and uh, it definitely will get released. So maybe we need to now release it. Our design EP or something. Folk will probably be sick of our design by the time it comes around. But hey ho, aye, more content. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I, um, I look forward to to hearing that. And obviously, as you just said there, with the uh, the two sort of contrasting sounds on 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 the two songs there that we've just mentioned, it it will be quite nice actually to listen to a you know a, a slightly more stripped back version of our. Yeah, team. and the I guess the main aim of the double A side was, uh, so. An example would be six music in Radio One. Yeah. They could, depending who's on, what night, whatever, they can go, oh, we'll have some of that. No, it's a bit too rocky. Oh, there's another one. We'll have that. Yeah. <laughs> like that was that was the thinking. I guess it is cheeky in a way. And I bet who cares? <laughs> no, actually, and I think um that I think that's a great way of looking at it, actually, that you know, different with the demographic and the audience yeah. like that. So, you know, hopefully that would Oh, I like that, and I'll get in, you know, get more in, into it. Exactly, exactly. Which is obviously what we're what we're hoping for for you guys. Oh, so fingers crossed. Um, so sent. Uh, so we end side one, um, and then start side two with a couple of ballads, um, which, oh, sorry, excuse me, which are in the form of "Watch the World" and "Faults." So when selecting the running order for the album, sort of how much influence did you guys have over it? Um, and was it something that was all agreed for, uh, all agreed by all the band members, or was it just, you know, one member or you, uh, who just basically said, right, that's the running order, and and, and we're going for it. I always had in my head that it would be a slower song. I I like to listen to records a lot, so when selecting the end of side A, it was a big thing. If you yeah. see that on Apple Music, it like number six doesn't really matter but because of it, and because we were going to we are releasing it in record form we yeah. put a lot of thought into how side a would end yeah how it would start and how it would end again just like putting the timers and i was the opener kind of thing yeah yeah sure but yeah it was all as in the track listings was a majority decision but i always had in my head that yeah let's get a wee slower song just to mellow out come back in with a builder, a, a kind of progressive track and thoughts, and then, what was it, She's Not or whatever, wham, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. there was a, a wee bit of thought went into it, yeah. Um, no, like, so, no track was recorded in that way, it was just what we had in the bank kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was, it was well thought. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I, I think it worked really, really, really well, and um, obviously, as you just said there, um, we then go into She's Not, 
um, which is one of my personal uh, favourites from the album. I think actually the first song of yours that I actually heard, so I've been quite late into getting into you guys. Um, That's all right. We enjoy a latecomer, mate. (laughs) Um, Obviously, it's a really, really rocking song. Um, and we meant we've already mentioned them. Um, it's got a bit of a um, like an early uh, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club vibe to it. So, what is what is the song about, if anything? Yeah, see, lyrics to me are I didn't get too in depth about lyrics, I really should as a writer, but yeah, yeah, summing it is really relative and relatable, as in. To individuals, some of it is kind of on universal aspect. So it's basically about gold diggers. It's about girls that go with boys because they like money, they like material goods. It's very relative to this day and age when yeah. you see the Canada Goose jackets, the white NY caps and their white teeth. Like, yeah, yeah, I could go on all day. We could go right down the rabbit hole here, but we're not going to. So yeah, you know exactly what it's about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's kind of about that. It's just, yeah. And I guess it grew arms and legs. Um, just as a writer, I just, I, I you just get, I can do subject and it just goes arms and legs. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of, majority of the tracks are wrote like that. To be fair, you get a subject and you just roll with um, some wee tug and cheeks are chucked in and yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. It's about gold diggers. It's all in the title. Eh? She's not that fond of you is the, the line. So yeah, it's, it's uh, there's no hidden uh, secrets in there. Yeah. <laughs> Straight to the <laughs> point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, uh, the last, sorry, listen, a couple of tracks out there, but the last song on the album um, is Fuel to the Fire, um, which for me sort of looks at the current sort of social and um political situation uh, particularly across like the UK at the moment yeah. um, one of the things that fascinated me with this song so we've got a bit of piano on it and, and obviously your vocal um, but somehow you've managed to work bagpipes uh, into the song um, so is there a member of the band playing the bagpipes um, and where did that idea come from so we didn't want to go full patriotic and have the full highland drums so we just got <laughs> one we just got one piper um, we didn't want to go full Paul McCartney with Molly Kintyre kind of thing. <laughs> like, so uh, it was always it was always in the back of my head when creating the record that I don't know. I just I can't even mind like where the ideas kind of fed from. I, at the time, for some, I probably was influenced by Paul McCartney by the way because at the time I was listening to a lot of Paul McCartney and yeah, I, Molly Kintyre was somehow on repeat for a bit. But um, yeah, so it was. I just wanted to end end the album on something that everybody would remember. It yeah. was a, there, there a point where it's like, wow, and I wanted it to be spine tingling. And for us as Scots, there's nothing better than the drone of the bagpipe coming in. Um, and yeah, proper send shivers. So I wanted it to be about that. And as you've said, the, the track is kind of, it was written around the time of the Scottish referendum. Right. Like I, I wrote kind of the basis of it. Um, there was a made-up version of it, Tories and stuff, but we'll not get into that. Um, <laughs> but I used to, it was one of the, the house party songs that used to bring out, but we'll not, I, so I'm not, never going to sing the lyrics again. But it was, yeah, so especially us being from the Central Belt as well, the conflict between Protestants, Catholics, 
nationalists, unionists. Like, it's just incredible. Like, just the other day, it shows you how crazy central Scotland is. Just the other day, the ex-chairman, but the ex-CEO of Celtic, his house got petal bombed. Yes, I saw, like, yes. And then people are on Twitter saying, no, it was the Celtic fans, no, it was the Rangers fans. Like, what are we living in? What yeah. is, the, like, that is just bizarre because of the colour of the strip you wear or because you're born into a family of whatever religion that you think everybody else is scum, whatever, whatever word you want to use for it, which is just, it blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind that people would fight just because of religion. Yeah. Like, it's, that's just, it's incredible. And because of whatever their beliefs are. The thing is, they both believe in the same God. How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's I again. You could we could be here for a good what is it eight o'clock twenty past eight. We could be here till midnight. I could be three bottles of red wine down and still <laughs> no have the conflict sorted in Central Belt of Scotland. <laughs> but I, I so all of that was in my mind when uh, writing the track. As I say, it was wrote around, written around the time of the uh, Scottish referendum. And rather than anybody have grown up debates and professional debates, it was just, no, no, fuck, no, no, no. Like, it was just, like, there was no reasoning. It was, no, yeah. we want this flag, we want that flag. That, that was like, that was literally some of the, some of the arguments that we're seeing is no, we are voting this so we can fly this flag at the football kind of thing. That's the pretty much point of the argument. And I just, I, so that was all relevant when writing the track. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I, mean, I think it's, um, it's, it's a really, really good song. And I think it's a great way to sort of end, end the album as well. With that. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I didn't want to end it on a sad note as such, but that was just, that was the song that we had in the bank. And when I started playing, on uh, piano. I originally had a version on organ, which then grew far too many arms and legs and <laughs> went into like a full version, a full track. And I kind of lost touch with the actual song. Like it was always just me practicing, playing it with acoustic guitar. Then it went just on piano, then it went to organ. And then it went into this full band, which was just never going to happen. At the end of the recording process, I said, I've got this wee track I think could work and I was playing it, playing it here and there, we're in the room and then, yeah, it just kind of worked. It worked very well. Um, but yeah, the the um, lyrics are quite universal to probably everybody's country. It's That's a good thing about it. I never, I wasn't going to name any names when writing it. I would have been, I would have been showing, <laughs> showing my stance, showing what side of the table I'm sitting at, and you don't want that. <laughs> no. So, um, I it was all, it's all very universal, and uh, but yeah, that's what that's what was relative when writing it. So yeah, oh, so, oh, so as I said, it's, it's a, it's a, um, it's a brilliant, brilliant song. So I can imagine um, that playing live is obviously a, a pretty big thing for for, for the Raz. Um, and obviously you're back on tour, aren't you, in, in October? You've got um, the date at Sneaky Pete's in Edinburgh sold out, um, but I understand there are still limited tickets available for the, the date at Aberdeen. 
the think tank in think tank even in Newcastle, and uh, the broadcast in Glasgow. Uh, so hit the Bras uh, social sites to to get your tickets. Um, so, uh, Jack, I'm guessing you must be pretty excited to be getting back out to playing live gigs again. Um, and for people like myself that, that haven't actually been able to see you live yet, what can they expect from from one of these gigs that are coming up? Uh, there'll be a lot of energy, energy definitely. We've been waiting. This will be by the time it comes round, it's probably going to be like twenty three months. My calculations are correct from gig. Yeah. Um, luckily, in between when uh, restrictions got relaxed last time, um, yeah. we managed to kind of record our She's Not video, but it was all miming and stuff as a video is. So it wasn't, really, there was a bond, there was a wee bit of energy released, but it's just not the same. Eh? Um, so yeah, playing on the stage in front of, as you see, a sold out crowd in, but it's going to be fantastic. Hopefully Glasgow can join the sold out gang. Um, Aberdeen, yeah, we're hoping we can get close to Aberdeen as well. Um, but yeah, buzzing to get back out. Hopefully, everybody's the same. We don't know what's ahead, so hopefully, there's gigs ahead prior to October. Obviously, to celebrate the release of the album and stuff would be amazing yeah. just yeah. prior to that. So, um, but we're not gonna. Rely on anything happening. <laughs> like even even when you mentioned October, I'm like, oh, what month is it? <laughs> where 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 have we got? It's May. It is May 2021. Like I'm sure I was sitting here. Well, that's probably a year ago, but it feels like a couple of days ago. Everything's yeah. just went. Phew. Yeah, it's, it's gone very quick, hasn't it? Even though we've uh, literally well done nothing. <laughs> even looking, yeah, I'm looking pretty old, man. What's <laughs> oh, you're looking old, blimey. <laughs> so, um, what is uh, what's your favourite song from the album? Either like a song that maybe means the most to you, or maybe one that that you're really looking forward to uh, to playing live. Um. Currently, it's probably fuel to the fire. Just I think because um, the reception it's received and how it's been received, it was all I was always not nervous as such, but you're always a bit wary of how it's going to be received by the outsiders because literally that song is probably except for the random house parties has probably never seen the light of day prior to <laughs> it going out on the album. So yeah. you were always a bit wary of where it was going to go, and even. We kept the bagpipes like pretty secret, like they, even in our families and stuff. Like I think it was all my uh, my fiance that um, listened, like actually heard it. I don't know about my dad or my brother or stuff. Heard yeah, it. So yeah. when it came to light that there's bagpipes on the album, first thing my dad says was like, "Oh, you need to take that out to your grandma and let them listen to it." Because I actually used to play bagpipes, oh, um, okay. and it's one of my biggest and probably only regrets in life. That I never stuck in with bagpipes. Like, I, I'd love to have been the guy in the album playing the bloody bagpipes. But now, <laughs> now, now I've got to pay him for doing my wedding. <laughs> I've got to pay him for doing my wedding as well. What an idiot! Uh, but yeah, that is one of my biggest and probably only regrets that I never stuck in. And yeah, I've, st I've still got up to see my granddad with the track. Actually, I need to maybe show him because we used to go to like the uh, the tattoo 
which is like in Edinburgh, the Royal Military Tattoo. Um, and it was, yeah, the mass pipes and drums. And yeah, he was the one that, I guess, where I get my music, like my creativity with music and stuff. He hung me at the age of probably like two, well, maybe younger, actually, one up and down the, the living room dancing <laughs> to Scottish Cayley music. He loves it. Eh? So that's probably where I get my moves from. Eh? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Fuel to the Fire is probably currently is uh, my favourite. The one I'm looking to play the most, well, it depends if we get a piper in for that one. That would be pretty awesome. Um, but I think, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I th probably the first couple of gigs, depending on when they are, I think we'll probably attempt to play the album start to finish. Right, okay, yeah, brilliant. So, it, I, I mean, it could work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be funny. But uh, I'm hoping it works. So, like say, Watch the World. So, Watch the World, um, there's versions of that out there where it's full band. Right. So, it's, it, it, like, even playing it as the, like, the produced version will be mm -hmm. strange because... Think well that that and Field to the Fire is only two tracks without any percussion on them. That track doesn't even have electric guitar on it. It's only got acoustic guitar and bass, which is yep. some combination. But yeah, yeah. it's uh, so uh, yeah stuff like that. I'm I'm quite into being creative and experimental. So yeah, we need to um, pull our fingers out and get practicing the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, no, I just can't wait. I can't wait to even attempt it. Like it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, definitely. I think the um, what I'm liking about that answer is that um, I can hear how passionate you are, um, like about the album anyway. Um, but also as well about getting back to playing the um, the live gigs. And I think that the people, if you haven't got a ticket yet, go and get a ticket because I think it's going to be um, it's going to be a great night by the sound of it. Um, so what's um, <laughs> what's your um, go-to karaoke song? Oh man, go-to karaoke song. Uh, it's probably one, so I'm a Hibs fan and when we go away uh, with the Hibs, we normally get like, we normally adopt a song for each trip. So I don't know, it would, it would be something stupid. I never ever try and go for like, uh, queen number or something like I never try to push myself too much so there's no point in that I'm a I, I go for the entertainment value um, yeah. because if I turn out really bad everyone will be like he's terrible at singing <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I would I would I would probably be like uh, so the recent one is Dawn Knock Three Times right okay what's that it's, it's absolutely terrible <laughs> please didn't go and listen to it it's terrible but it would be something of that like caliber something cheesy and stupid yeah yeah okay so um what about your musical heroes um have you got any and who are they uh lennon was uh lennon's the biggest um my cat's called bowie so bowie as well um McCartney, of course, Harrison. Yeah, let's just say the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else? Who else isn't like my go-to? I don't know. I guess I guess that's the main ones. They're the main ones. They're the um, yeah, they're the heroes as such. Um, but like I was when I 
first got into music, the bands that were I was getting into was the bands that my brother was already into. Wow. So it was like, say, The View, uh, The Enemy, Arctic Monkeys. They were all the bands that were like relative when I got into music. Yeah. Um, and like I was obsessed with The View and Kyle Faulkner and that. Um, and we finally got to support them, which was like, ah, wow. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> so, I, and we played on the same bill as Kyle quite a few times, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that I guess that to an extent they're they're heroes as well because they made me Pete Doherty, that's the one that made me pick up the guitar. Yeah. Um, it was my first gig. So as soon as I went, it was yeah, stand at the back, sneaky pint under the jacket, 15 year old, <laughs> standing and as soon like I don't know if you've ever been to see Pete Doherty so well, so, not, uh, not his solo. I've seen uh, the Libertines a few times. But. Yeah, so his solo, there is, I'm trying to think, it's like Victorian music. So it's yeah. like, it's always like a classical kind of, and then you, you know he's coming on, the light's dim. It's like, I was just kind of like, what is what, what am I getting myself in for here? What is this? Yeah. And he walked out on stage and everybody, as soon as he picked up the guitar, like, he just strummed the first chord. Like Pete Doherty's no... Pete Townsend or like yeah. anything fantastic. He just strummed it and the crowd were on the Pammy's hand for the yeah. rest of the show. Like he's you, you know what he is, he's an absolute riot. So yeah. just to see him, I was just like, how how is this like just I was just gobsmacked at how you could just go like that. The crowd just went like that. And he had the crowd in the Pammy's hand, and I was just like, I want to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say, have the same marks on my arm as him, but I want to be that guy. <laughs> um, and from there, it was just obsession with baby shambles, libertines. Then it rolled into the view and yeah, grew arms and legs. That was it. That's how you, that was my first dibs into music. Yeah, that um, that era that you mentioned at the beginning of that answer there with the view, the enemy and that, that was a like sort of the early... Um, the early noughties. Yeah, early uh, noughties, so That yeah. was a great, great era for um for music. And it's great actually to see as well that um that Carl's um sorry that Carl's uh back out. He's released a few solo stuff as well. Yeah, it? yeah. I that's I honestly love the baby shambles as well. We're just for some reason used to get in arguments with my friends in that house parties and it always used to be, nah, baby shambles are better than the libertines. And I always secretly said the baby shambles, but at heart, I knew it was the libertines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, baby shambles wrote sort of good, good tracks, but I don't think they'll, they'll be beating, uh, beating uh, libertines. No, no way. <laughs> if you think like their influence and, and everything, and, and obviously as you just described there, what they probably mean to, to people as well so yeah um would do you think that the Riles would ever consider recording like a cover as a b-side for a future single um, yeah what, what we, actually, we actually thought about like doing so when i when i think about a cover i never ever think about just covering the track i always think about kind of taking it to pieces and making it our own i always like um try to think of a good example so like say for me art and monkeys when they covered baby i'm yours yeah um, that was just like that is sounds like an art and monkeys song now 
yeah. isn't an Arctic Monkeys song though. <laughs> like that's yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I just I there's there's loads of tracks that you could rhyme off. Um but yeah that was that's the kind of vibe I always go for where I cover is you proper make it your own. Yeah. Um I don't know what one would go for though. That would be a heated discussion, I think, in the band room. I'd probably lean me and Lee, the bassist, would probably lean into like even towards like the Beach Boys or something, something oh, quite like yeah, and we'd you'd like try and create a rockier version. That might be terrible actually. What that's not a good example. But anyway, <laughs> we'd probably lean into that era of music is what I'm meaning. Um yeah. and then try and somehow make it sound like a black rebel ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> um so that that's what I would go for if even see like Motown songs and stuff, I always think they're relatively straightforward musically. But yeah. I think like there's always hints of stuff when I listen to older type of music. I'm like, I think we could do this. I think we could do it. And I start kind of playing it out in my head and then going, uh, nobody believes that actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I don't know what one would go for. That's, uh, I mean, when we first started off, we just wanted to be the Art of Monkeys. We just covered Art of Monkeys song. All our early stuff sounds like the Art of Monkeys. Yeah. It's the chord progressions. We just wanted to be them. Yeah. Um, obviously, we covered the strokes as well because that was the domino effect. It was yeah. the strokes and the Art of Monkeys and the us. <laughs> yeah. um, and obviously, we covered Oasis. Um, all that kind of stuff. Stone Roses we covered quite a lot. Um, we actually, I think, now I think it, there's no like much content of us covering tracks. I think yeah. uh, the only, if I'm right in saying this, the only YouTube content up there is us covering, covering Buffalo Springfield for what it's worth. Wow. Um, yeah, I think that's on YouTube. Uh, we've done a session at BBC Merseyside. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so we've done that, and that was probably mine and Lee's influence for the guys. Right, so that was in the, what, 60s, 70s? So, yeah. uh, was that 60s? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think, aye, uh, Vietnam time, wasn't it? So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that would probably, like, that, I like that kind of thing. That, that cover is actually exactly what, I, contra I basically contradict myself because we just covered that song. We never made it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that that's that's probably the only content that's flying about, to be fair. Any other content prior to 2015, I'd want to forget about anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure yeah, I, bet so I bet someone somewhere has got some content. And, uh, we, probably, we probably should do it more. Um, the more recent ones that I can think of, actually, we, we, co we covered DMAs, Delete, just for a while. Just We've we done a few like stripped-back kind of gigs. Oh, so okay, it was yeah. always one that was, that was fresh out. And, yeah, I think we covered it pretty well. Everybody used to love it, so... Yeah. Um, and apart from that, there's not been much coverage. Like we used to do a gig in the local uh, uh, Mad Friday, so it was a Friday uh -huh. that everybody finished work for Christmas. Yeah. Um, so you can imagine how that was. And we yeah. used to just chuck in like uh, was it LSF used to cover? No, I think 
Was it LSF? Aye, I think it was LSF. Aye, that's right. LSF, we used to cover Spread Your Love, Black Rebel. Yeah. Um, Made the Stone, Stone Roses. Aye, like, God, that kind of thing. Um, Champagne Supernova as well. That was always the, the ender. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's that's probably the, the most relative, uh, aye, recent, sorry, um, in the cover aspect. They were probably like what three, four years ago. So yeah, sure, sure. Okay, some. Uh, it sounds like you've got some good. We called me. Uh, sorry, covered some some pretty good stuff, and you've thought for uh, for future for future material, mate. Uh, not material, but for future covers even. Yeah. yeah. So, um, if you were uh, stranded on a desert island, I hope that doesn't actually happen. But <laughs> <laughs> which um, which three albums would you bring with you to listen to? Uh, should always be prepared with this kind of in the back of your head. Abbey Road for one. Um, Great choice. It's not a hard one, actually. You wouldn't want to leave some great albums behind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just having a wee peek over my shoulder at my record collection here. Like yeah, quick. <laughs> um, I don't actually know. Ones that would make me be positive anyway if I'm stranded on yeah. <laughs> help helps very relevant <laughs> and the SOS as well yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. love it absolutely love it so um for, for the band obviously um what are um your hopes and dreams for the next five years uh I just hope that all going well I just literally, I hope we can gig as much, tour, play in front of as many good people and meet as many happy faces as possible. That's what kind of keeps us going. We like feedback and full sweaty rooms um, and experiences at festivals, nicking other people's riders, sleeping (laughs) in the van. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, we would get up to all sorts. I no harm intended, uh, but yeah, I just, <laughs> I just hope we can. Hopefully, five years we're probably sitting comfortably on a half a mil record deal, five albums deep, thinking about our greatest hits and retiring. <laughs> that sounds like a great plan to me. Class. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what we'll have to do, we'll have to come back. Well, hopefully, we'll talk to you again before the five years, but um, yeah. we'll definitely come back in five years and we'll do a throwback, uh, throwback <laughs> episode. <laughs> do you remember when? Uh, so, um, <laughs> Jack, that is unfortunately the end of the podcast. Uh, thanks very much for coming on. I've, I've really enjoyed it, um, getting to know a little bit more about you personally and, and the stories behind, behind the, the cover artwork and, and the songs um, from the uh, fantastic debut album when does it become real which viewers you can and listeners of course uh, you can stream and download on all of the usual platforms um but to really really help the band out and not give them about three p from about four four thousand streams on spotify <laughs> um you can purchase a vinyl copy uh, which i think from the big cartel store is that correct i think yeah yeah um, see the see the bios um on the band's social media channels or all the usual places um, and as we've mentioned in one of the questions earlier, don't forget the band have got a brand or well, two brand new singles coming out on the 4th of June, the double A side with our design. And if you never try it, you'll never know, which again is available to stream and download 
from all of the usual platforms. Uh, and tickets for the tour in October, um, and maybe there might be something before then, um, are all on sale now. Um, for those of you that are still listening, thank you very much. Um, please click subscribe on your podcast listening provider and tell your friends. Jack, thank you very much, my friend. Mark, thanks for having me on, mate. I appreciate it. Brilliant. Speak to you soon and good luck to the rest of the album. Thank you. Cheers.